Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Jay here along with Cass. And, man, mm-mm-mm. next time you guys see me on video, which I don't know when it'll be, I'm going to be without my luscious locks because I had a very terrible accident this morning. And I'm basically, I have like a, a prison haircut right now. The who now? A prison haircut where it's like they just shave everything off. Like a, a Guantanamo Bay haircut where they they don't care about, you know, being gentle or anything like that. They don't care about designs and things looking nice. They just shave all of the shit off. And yeah, that I have a Guantanamo Bay haircut right now. Why didn't you just say that? Why do you gotta use all, why do you gotta use all those damn big words? What are you talking about? Uh, you know what, Cass? You, 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 man. But um, some good stuff happened this week. We we are entering the final stages of the planning of our trip to WrestleMania. Oh yes, yes. We got some big things out of the way, so it'll be yeah. me. Dalton, oh yeah, definitely like us. There, there you go. And also, we've decided of who might get arrested and who might accidentally get arrested. We, we, we saw it all that out. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, Cass is like this thing where, it, I, what is it, mistaken identity or something like that? You, yeah. You, you think you're the saint of the bunch, but you're not. I, I'm, I'm the good one. Well, I, we'll I'm, see what happens. <laughs> we don't have to see. I know. I out of our little friend group, I'm I'm the good one. But the thing is, we've all we haven't all ever been under the same roof. So Okay. Watch Chaos and Sue people. <laughs> I wish we could do a day in the live vlog of it, but that's too much work. You know, we may actually do it. Oh that no. something that we do. You know, yeah. We'll we'll look into it, but we definitely will have some stuff. Yep. For the WrestleMania weekend, we don't know exactly what quite yet. And speaking of content from PWF Empire, some big news coming within the next few weeks. We're going to be going into March, and we're going to be taking a little bit of a bite out of that whole March madness craziness and all that stuff going on. So we're we're going to have a bit of that on our uh, on the PWF Empire side of things and with that being said i did throw this out there at the end of last week's show but i want to let you all know at the beginning of this one make sure if you like the podcast and you want to continue listening to the podcast that you subscribe to pwf empire on itunes all you have to do do is open up itunes or your podcast app if you have an iphone and then i think we're also on what the hell is the name of that uh, other one it starts with S. Stitcher. There we go. Yeah, we're on Stitcher, too. So if you have an Android, you know, if, if you're not in the top tier and you happen to unfortunately have an Android, feel free to go ahead, download Stitcher, search for PWF Empire. Make sure you subscribe to us there because in a few weeks, you know, as we get closer to March, we won't be on YouTube anymore. At the very least, the podcast won't be on YouTube. So the only way that you can listen is through um, iTunes, the podcast app, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Let's talk about some wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, professional wrestling. There you go. That goddamn Samoa Joe. Okay. People, let me tell you something. And Jay, you've heard me say this many, many times before. Like, when I hear people say... They love heel Samoa Joe. I don't always agree with that. In fact, I don't agree with that because, to me, that's not heel Joe. That's not face Joe. That's not even tweener Joe. That's just Samoa Joe being what he has been from how long I've known him, from his time in mm-hmm. TNA to NXT, now to the main roster. I actually think this is what he is like as a person in real life, <laughs> just with a bit of realism. In it. But, yeah, um... Jay, why don't you go ahead and tell the people? You go first. I'll let you bask in the glory of this one. That was, of course, we're talking about the interview segment that he had with Michael Cole on Monday Night Raw, then him beating Mm -hmm. down Sami. Actually, first he called out Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn responded. 
Samoa Joe came out, whooped his ass, told him, you know, you say my name, you put some respect on it. I was like, okay, I like that. But yeah, back to the interview, close to perfect as you could possibly get. Organic. Yeah, it was amazing. And I know I'm the type of person that I am not wishy-washy, but I could see how people may think that I am. For example, with Kevin Owens, you guys know that there was a point in time um, very recently that I was not on board with Kevin Owens at all. I had a lot of issues with the portrayal of his character on WWE TV. So I would understand maybe if some people wonder, like, Jay, what is it that you what do you want out of these people? What I saw in that interview segment with Michael Cole and Samoa Joe, that is what I want. Samoa Joe seemed like this supreme badass, this monster, this very intimidating person, this very menacing Mm -hmm. individual, but at the very same time, intelligent, scary and intelligent at the same damn time and calculated. And he just... He, he knows what his purpose is. He has a fully fleshed out character and he breathes life into that friggin' character. That is what I want right there. I looked at that and I was like, well, man, like, is this Samoa Joe is here every week, right? Like he, he's not a part timer. What the hell is going on here? Like why, how could they be booking this guy like this? Cause I didn't think that they could book full timers. All of that. I didn't think that they could book, people who are there every week like they're booking Samoa Joe right now but apparently they can well they can and it's 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 wonderful it's awesome oh yeah well here's the thing I think also that since Triple H is looks like he's gonna be uh, down down there more frequently so I I think like he's gonna make sure that Joe gets a uh, bull dragons I think he knows what he has in a superstar with the caliber of Samoa Joe to know what to do but yeah um, that that sit down I liked it because it felt organic. It felt natural. It it looked like Joe had been around WWE for 18 years. Yeah, and not he just starting in just like amazingly. Yeah, it, it was like I told myself this: Samoa Joe, I want you to take this tape to Vince McMahon, have him show that footage to every single damn person in that locker room, have them sit down, and we're gonna go like opposite of education you gotta sit here watch it this is promo class you're gonna sit here watch it and that's how it is done everything from the questions from the way that joe presented himself while i am me i'll even i'll even say i'm still not big on seeing joe in the suit because mm-hmm. like i'm sorry but every time i see him in that that just screams just mob like mob hitter, like a hit for the mob, and ironically, that's what they're going with. I just don't mm-hmm. usually see the character of Samoa Joe in a suit. But besides that, but but either way, that interview was great. It felt organic. It was fantastic. Again, natural, and honestly, he was pretty much saying the truth. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I also loved about this is when Triple H was brought up. And Samoa mm-hmm. Joe made it very clear that he is not Triple H's bitch. And there that's the go. problem that has affected so many people that have been under the tutelage Randy of Orton. Triple H. Randy Orton, especially. When the dude was the friggin' champion, mm-hmm. Randy Orton, he just seemed like a robot that just lived up to the will of Triple H. Whatever it is that Triple H commanded, Thy will be done. That's what Randy Orton seemed like when he was the friggin' top champion in WWE. And then you take Seth Rollins. The the joke around there is that Triple H and Stephanie are his parents. So that automatically puts him, you know, a few tiers lower than Triple H on the totem pole. And there was just a very um, great sense of immaturity that came in the way that Seth Rollins was booked. But Samoa Joe in the sit-down interview he called it out right there on the friggin' spot. I don't like how much Triple H's name has been mentioned. Triple H, this isn't about me. Yeah, I, you know, I'm the destroyer at the hand of the creator, at the hand of the creator, but I'm not his bitch. And that message was sent very clearly. And I think that that mm-hmm. was something that was very necessary as well, because as you talked about, you threw out a few names there. Um, 
that's one of my fears when people get affiliated with the authority and Triple H, just that whole thing, them getting Mm -hmm. overshadowed, Samoa Joe, it's not going to happen to him. Oh, uh, real quick, Draven G, uh, thanks, man. Uh, In the chat, he's saying, did we hear about the rumors about Triple H, uh, Joe, and uh, Owens being a new stable? Yes, I did hear about that, Draven G, and I really do want to go in on this because I don't know if you heard about this rumor, Drew J, like, they're thinking about, like, adding, like, Owens and uh, Samoa Joe possibly being part of this new authoritative type faction for Monday Night Raw. I didn't hear about it, but I mean, we yeah. we all saw it on TV. Um, there was a point in the show where uh, Triple H didn't he get out of the uh, car yeah, with the Samoa Joe? Then, then backstage, he was talking to uh, Kevin Owens, and oh. the audio wasn't on, so we don't know what was being said. But you know, at, on Monday Night Raw, there were some signs that something could possibly be building up there. Well, how about well, how about this? Let's transition into the other great segment that happened on. Monday night with the festival of friendship. I mean, the turn was great. It, yeah, it, it was, it was good. Like I liked it from the sheer fact that what much like Samoa Joe's Chris Jericho, the way, what he has done, everything that he was saying, he was acting like a complete baby face in that sense, because he was saying on how, like, this is the best run that he's ever been on. Like you can actually naturally like really, get where Chris Jericho is coming from. And keep in mind, Jericho's been the heel this entire time. He's been the guy that's that people have always been like, man, why is this guy even with Kevin Owens? Like, why, like he's always interfering. But yet, when you really take yourself into the character's aspect and actually bring a little bit of realism in, like with him like having so much fun of what he was doing, you can really relate to that. And um, Kevin Owens, when he came out, was just like, he wasn't having it anymore. And then like, they look like they're all buddy, buddy. Chris Jericho has the list, but on the back, it says the list of KO, which to me, I actually was very good psychology. And the look on Kevin Owens face was just like, yeah, I'm about to turn on you. I'm finished with that this. whole little sequence right there was yeah. executed. So very well, that was amazing. That was the present and pulling mm-hmm. it out. The list of KO why is my name on the list? Oh my God, that was then, up there. It and was. then Owens's look, like I said, the look honestly really sold it for me. And honestly, Owens just throwing Jericho into the in that little uh, that little the screen television set to me that was a throwback to 2008, which I, mm-hmm. like yeah, you don't see that a lot anymore. And it's like, why would you turn on him? Why would you turn on him? Here's the thing. I know a lot of people out there that are bitching, whining, they're upset that they're going to have to break them up. But we all knew eventually this was going to happen. And honestly, it pretty much needed to happen because while the stuff with KO and Jericho was good, Jericho yeah, just kept debatable. over. Yeah, well, yeah, true. But still, either way, it's just like Jericho kept overshadowing Kevin Owens any chance he got. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, and that's your universal world champion and not to mention that kevin owens is going to have a huge literally huge obstacle in a couple of weeks when he faces goldberg and that's when the iwc is going to bitch like crazy and is going to explode but yeah and that was the time like where he needed to get serious and when he got serious and now and to tie this all back into the new faction with joe led by a triple h i'm i like the idea maybe because like I'm I'm so much of an NXT mark. This is like kind of a dream scenario. Mm-hmm. But again, it kind of goes back to what I said about Joe. Like that does not fit Joe's character. Cause I could see a guy character like a Kevin Owens who would want to be part of an authoritative type figure because he knows how much that benefits him. But mm-hmm. with Samoa Joe, it just doesn't fit his character. In my opinion, him being under the gun of somebody else when he can be, with where he can be controlled and it's like he didn't do that in nxt he wasn't controlled by william regal he did what he wanted when he wanted so while i'd be fine with the faction i mean it really it really wouldn't be much different from what the authority used to be well see that's why i always get nervous when people start affiliating with triple h and stephanie because there's a lot of stuff going on over there a lot Mm -hmm. of a lot of baggage that i think that you know People 
don't necessarily need. If you want to maintain a loose affiliation, Samoa Joe and Triple H, and um, I, I guess I'd be fine with that. But I would have to see how that played out before I can sign off on that kind of partnership going on. Because on paper, it sounds amazing. You have yeah. the, the, the Kevin Owens that I loved back now that he's turned on Chris Jericho. So he, he left Kevin James behind. He's back to being Kevin Owens. Then, of course, the um, the badassery of Samoa Joe, and then my favorite wrestler of all time in Triple Which is H. always there. Yeah, just a group with those three people, that sounds freaking awesome. But, of course, it's all about the execution and how it actually um, plays out. But from what I'm seeing right now with Joe, yeah, pitch they, perfect. They're doing right pitch by perfect. him, right? They're doing right by him right now. But I will say this: if I see Stephanie anywhere near, no, Mm-mm. if I see them anywhere near, I'm immediately going to turn on because again, it's no <laughs> different from what we saw in 2013, 2014, 2015. It's nothing new. It'd be just you'd be inserting Kevin Owens and uh, and Samoa Joe in there. Yeah, in in, in slots like Randy Orton and Batista had, you know, and that wasn't that. Nah. Hey, you Um, know what's funny? um, Oh, real quick, real quick before we move on. um, Somebody actually mentioned in the chat saying, could this be like the new evolution? Who will be the rest? Someone mentioned Finn Balor. And honestly, if I had to go with the fourth, if he were ready, I'd say Bobby Roode. Yeah, Finn Balor seems like a weird fit there. And I guess it all, we'll just have to wait and see. Like, it's one of those we have to wait and see type things, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else do we have uh, that we could possibly discuss? Oh, there's something big that happened over on SmackDown. Randy Orton seemingly forfeited his shot at the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, quote-unquote, seemingly, because after the fantastic triple threat match between yes. Wyatt, Styles, and Cena, mm-hmm. Randy Orton came out with his black hood looking a ghetto and <laughs> coming out and saying that he will not fight his master, I am the servant, and then Bray Wyatt says, you now have the keys to the kingdom, and there will be a result of talking smack, Daniel Bryan, made a battle royal to determine the number one contender for the WWE championship and who will be facing Bray Wyatt in the quote-unquote main event of WrestleMania. I would have made this a six-pack elimination challenge because you know we're going to get some type of jobbers in that match next week. But, yeah, an interesting scenario that they're going with. I think that there's something weird about this. Like, for, for Randy Orton to do that, it, it, it's something cool to do, maybe something that would have come out of left field. But mm. my issue with it is that I still don't fully understand this, this connection between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. So for Randy Orton to care so much about Bray Wyatt that he gives up his shots at a world championship mm-hmm. and, you know, it, on the grandest stage of them all – for me to get behind that and be invested in it, I need to know what the hell that connection between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt is in the first place. Is Randy Orton under a trance? Is Has Bray Wyatt brainwashed him? Is Bray Wyatt blackmailing him? Yeah. Why did Randy Orton join the Wyatt family in the first place? That question has not been fully answered. If so you can't that beat him, join him. That's so goddamn simple, and that's just a line that you throw out there where it's like, okay, well, you can't say that we didn't give you anything at all. We gave you something. You gave us a crumb when I'm looking for a whole friggin' meal, and that meal is not there, so it's – I'm craving something more than what WWE is providing. There's not much substance behind the Wyatt family and and, and Randy Orton being – in it for me to look at this and say, oh, this is some good stuff here. Yeah, but you know what's funny is just the fact that they've been building this. Not, they haven't been building this like like a month ago. Like they've been building this literally for months since the day Orton joined in on the Wyatt family stable. Like they really pushed. Remember, these were the last three. Uh, like Harper, Wyatt, and Orton were the last were the sole survivors for Team uh, SmackDown at Survivor Series back in November. 
then they won the SmackDown Tag Team titles that later on in December. So they really have been putting a lot of time and investment into this Randy Orton Ray Wyatt thing. And remember, this was actually that was actually the point where it picked up because remember when they originally did it, it was not it was not that good of a few when it was just Bray versus Randy. Well, I mean, it wasn't that good either with all of those moments that you've mentioned, because for for me sitting here, I'm going like you just mentioned that stuff that they did. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they they did do that. None of it really hit for me. It's just like it that did that. It only looks good in hindsight. It only looks good if we're having a conversation like this. So where you could say, oh, they did this in the past. They mm-hmm. did that before, and they did that. But if I'm not feeling any kind of effect while we're living through all of that, then yeah, like I, I, I it's it, it's it's going to be a no for me, dog. Like I, you know, they, they put a whole hell of a lot of time in it, but it's just, none of it has been clicking for me. You know, it's funny. It's just the fact that I feel as if the way they're doing this, while the the bill has been fine, it's kind of rushed when you think about it because it's like, remember, the Wyatt family, when they won the Tatties, they only held those for like mm-hmm. a few weeks. Then they dropped them to American Apple, which I still don't agree why they did because you could have gotten more story out of them. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like they did like the tension with the Wyatts way too early. And then it's like Luke Harper broke out not too long ago and the thing is it's just that bray wyatt we saw won the WWE championship and real quick i'm not gonna get into a rant i'm a different person now but (laughs) i will say this if you want to rant rant it's no problem with that hell i rant i you you can be you can you can be an analyst and rant too The, the the way that i look at it is i'm gonna give you that passion on both sides if i'm excited about something then you're going to know about it. If I'm pissed off at something, you're going to know about it too. Yeah, Kat. You know, Isaiah Ross, he's saying to me in the chat, how many wrestlers have beaten Wyatt in his career, though? Kane, Reigns, Cena, Ryback, et cetera. Randy can't get the job done. Um, I bet to differ on on that one. But, Rook, I just don't get the appeal of Bray Wyatt being – the WWE champion right at this moment in time, because honestly, this really irked me on SmackDown when Bray Wyatt was, by the way, I actually will say this. He actually did look a little cool with that title in the dark, but the fans chanting, you deserve it. And to me, that's like, have you forgotten the way this guy was treated for the last three and a half years? Mm-hmm. Like WWE just demarjulized his character after the Cena feud. And it's like, they put him in situations infused to where he never won the big matches at the big four pay-per-views until recently last year. And then when they wanted to put him in big stuff, they put him infused to where he had to piggyback off of people that were also trying to get over. And when he won the few, it didn't really ultimately mean anything because they, everybody beats that person. This guy has the reverse Undertaker streak where he has not won a match yet against the likes of Cena and Orton. And then all of a sudden, it's like, why all of a sudden am I supposed to buy this hillbilly fat ass as the WWE champion when this guy's been booked like shit the last three and a half years? And automatically, you think I'm supposed to take him seriously as the WWE champion? Like, Get the hell out of here. See, the thing that you don't understand, Cass, is that he cuts good promos. That don't matter. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it's wonderful for people but, to be yeah, happy. But, but yeah, I, that, that, that's true. But here's the, like, and here's the thing, people, I completely understand. Like, I completely understand you wanting the guy that got was able to survive the booking. Like, I'm, here's mm-hmm. the, I'm trying to see it from your perspective as well, guys. Like, I get why you want to give Bray Wyatt his due because we had, he did survive terrible booking because how many guys really go through that process and actually still come out in some type of big atmosphere or still featured in some type of way. He did survive that. But again, that doesn't excuse the losses, the repetitiveness of Bray Wyatt's character. And they have been rehabilitated again the last week. I mean, honestly, when you pin John Cena, two straight times in one week, yeah. you're pretty much rebuilt it right off the back. 
But but then you also have to take into account that the decision to have him pin John Cena was made after it was known that he was going to yeah. be WWE champion. So, yeah. It, it's just like, I just don't get like why people are really like glossing over the fact that they've forgotten what Wyatt has been for the last three years. Just because he won the title automatically, we have to take him seriously. I just don't get it. Well, it, I, it's for two reasons. One of them, you kind of touched on it when you were talking about how people, they want to see him overcome the bad booking that he's had. So I'm the type of person, I like to see characters gain momentum and work their mm-hmm. way to the top of the card. And there are a lot of folks out there, if they see someone is being mistreated by creative they're not going to boo that character because they're thinking about the wrestler behind yeah. the character. They're thinking about the person behind the character. And because they like the person behind the character, that's what, how they show support and, you know, push them up to these moments. And also, it's just a lot of folks who just want to be a part of a moment. They want to be able to say, I was mm-hmm. in the arena and chanted, you deserve it at Bray Wyatt. I was in the arena and I saw Bray Wyatt win the championship, but I was a part of that. Yeah, you hear how loud the crowd was cheering? I I was in that. Like, a a lot of... That's what it is for a lot of folks, but uh, yeah, I like Bray Wyatt too, and I wish that things would have turned out differently for him, or turned out. I I wish that things would have gone differently in the journey to this place. Yeah, not to mention the up and down of him being in the Wyatt family and him being a cult leader, because mm-hmm. the Wyatt family is a huge part of him. But real, but also, like I said, we mentioned the Battle Royal. Luke Harper, I think, is going to win that damn thing. <sighs> because you can't have which by, I'm just going to say this real quick I actually enjoyed the beatdown that Luke Harper gave Wyatt <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. going to like I was like beat the motherfucking shit out of that fat ass <laughs> but, um, yeah I was just like beat him up like and, and honestly I felt I felt happy for Harper like I'm glad to see Harper's getting a face push and yeah I think he is going to win the the battle run next week and I think it'll be a triple threat at Wrestlemania Again, I don't know what they see in this stuff that's going on with the Wyatt family, but I wish somebody would tell me. Like, let me know what the hell is going on. In ring-wise, though, Jay? Oh, it's going to be fire. Yeah, but as a marketing, promoting, I think Luke Harper being added to that match kind of brings down the quality and the importance of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, in the eyes of most viewers... Luke Harper is the garbage man, <laughs> and he loses every week. Uh, and it's like he's in a match for the W. Like seriously, Bray Wyatt feels like a September, October, November, December B level pay per view champion. Mm-hmm. And yet this this also this is also accurate. He feels like a champion to where you just want to put the belt on him just so somebody else could take it off of him. That's actually important later. Mm-hmm. That's what Bray Wyatt feels right now. But hey, he's the WWE champion, so yeah, yeah. See how this plays out. But uh, Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship—that does not sound like a WrestleMania match. But you know what that means? If it is going to be a WrestleMania match, it it, it for damn sure ain't going to be a main event or the main event. So uh, we we've been down this road. We're not going back down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, what else do we got? Bailey winning the women's championship in the main event of Monday Night Raw. Congratulations, Bailey. And <laughs> Triple H booking Triple H 2003-2004 booking at its finest. I won't put your asses over on the pay-per-views, but I'll put your asses over any day of the goddamn week. Or, or one day in particular, Monday. But look, I love Charlotte. I, mm-hmm. I, I truly do. She has been a delight as champion. Mm-hmm. Her character, the way her being, just simply being a heel and doing her heel stuff yeah. in that match was so wonderful to just sit back 
and watch. And it's amazing to see the journey that she's gone on and the person that she has evolved into, the talent that Charlotte has evolved into. She is so great at being a heel. I'll tell you one thing, though. I hated the amount of camera cuts that they did during this match. I I cannot stand these camera cuts. I'm sorry. I I seriously cannot. And did you notice... (laughs) Like, like, kudos to Bailey because she is a tough, tough woman when she is in mm-hmm. that ring in Charlotte. Because if you're if you're in the ring with Charlotte, yeah, you I tell you one, <laughs> it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good match, but it will be rough. <laughs> you but, won't go, you won't leave out of that ring without some you know nicks and bruises and some some mm-hmm. sore spots. But it's all good, or should I hope it's all good? I'll be honest with you. I did not watch it live. I actually watched it the next day because uh-huh. I don't want to sit and watch three and a half hours of wrestling, even though I know I knew what was on the line. I knew the one we're going to main event. And I knew ultimately what was going to happen because WWE has unfortunately created this formula where they're not necessarily rebuilding the division. They're basically booking somebody to make it feel like that division is important. And isn't, I have no problem with Bailey. I'm fine with Bailey winning the title on raw. It's just, I don't, I, I really would not have done it there. I would. Yeah. Hell we're going to WrestleMania. We were, we were supposed to be there. Want to talk about being a part of moments. Hell. I wanted to be a part of the moment where Bailey wins her first championship. I was about to say world championship, but that wouldn't have been much of a mistake because, hell, the women's championship is a top title on Raw. And I said it's what I the, said. It's, to me, the it's the important title. Like, to me, that's the championship of Raw, to be honest <laughs> with you, the way they treat that thing. Yeah, because just look at the, the – the, before it got good, the, yeah. the um, Festival of Friendship, you have the top two male champions out there – with this goofy bullshit. And, and, and it, it didn't just start at the Festival of Friendship. This has been a month-long yeah. thing that the top two male champions have been engaged in. So, yeah, the, the, the Raw Women's Championship is a top title on that brand. And it was nice to see them be in the main event and for it not to be a big deal. Because it's, it's not like thing now. about... Yeah, it's a standard that has mm-hmm. been established. And... That's nice. You don't you don't need to throw a parade every time they main events, and you don't know, need to talk about the historical um, implications. It's just you know competitors main hmm. eventing, and they're there now. So that's yeah, that's wonderful. Oh yeah, then Isaiah Ross is saying is saying in the chat, Bailey versus Shaw has happened so many times that any match they have is worth missing. That match I mean, was not worth missing at all. That, no, yeah, that well, was, it wasn't. It wasn't worth missing. Wasn't, I chose because I got tired because the first hour and a half of Raw was just crap. <laughs> and interestingly enough, I took a friggin' nap. Like I, I was so beat down yeah. on Monday. I got home and I was like, I think I went to the gym. Then I got home. I got home in time to watch Raw, but I just laid down and fell mm-hmm. asleep. I woke up. During Rusev and Sami Zayn, which was a good match, yeah. And then afterwards, uh, that stuff happened with uh, Samoa Joe, and I, 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 of course, I had to go back and watch the uh, yeah. Samoa Joe interview. Saw the stuff with Roman Reigns too, and him oh, and Seth the show. <sighs> um, bro, um, let me ask this question. Do you believe when it comes to coordinating champions for their first time winning their championship, be it the tag team world or women's championship or the cruiserweight title, do you believe it's a, it's a time and place thing? Not necessarily like she's got to win it here, she's got to win it. Do you think it's a time and place thing when that happens? What do you mean? Like, like what are, Where are like, you coming from? Like I'm thinking like when I say time and place, I'm like, when the person has been built up for months and months and months, they finally do it at one of the big fours because that's what they're that's what that's the few pay reviews that that, that the WWE fans really pay attention to is the WrestleMania moments, the Royal Rumble moments, Survivor Series, not so much, but SummerSlam, even Tomb, and like mm-hmm. on an winning the championship on an episode of Raw where the narrative is 
anybody can beat Charlotte any day of the week, but Charlotte can win on the pay-per-views, it creates that, that never-ending cycle. And uh-huh. like people will remember, like people will remember the raw main event featuring Bailey and Charlotte with Bailey winning the title because they're not going to remember that match if it happens at like a B pay-per-view, but they'll definitely remember it if it happens at a WrestleMania than uh-huh. an episode of Raw. And that's something that I actually have noticed because and, and you can relate this back to the previous um big feud in the women's division, Sasha mm-hmm. Banks versus Charlotte. Those matches kind of blend together for me. When it when it comes to the matches that have happened on Raw, sometimes because it, it's easy to say, okay, well, yeah, I know about this match that happened at WrestleMania, so and so, and I know about this match that happened at SummerSlam. But it's like that this happened um, the first week of July, the second week of July, third, like what the what the hell? So I I, I guess I understand where you're coming from. Um, I would like those moments to feel bigger and it does create a problem when it comes to what's going on in the women's division, because now we have fast lane coming up. So I'm yep. sitting here going, okay, well, Bailey was a championship on raw. Does that mean she's going to lose it at fast lane, you know, and, and then so, Bailey wins it back at mania. Yeah. So it, it, it's like WWE. And if, it does happen like that. She loses it at Fastlane, wins it back at Mania. Shit, why not just have Charlotte carry it through all the way? Because like, you're not going to get that big moment. Yeah, you're not going to get that big moment at you know with her winning it at WrestleMania as as you would have if it was her very first one. Yeah, and also the thing is like. Let's just be. Let's just face it. Championship reigns don't really mean much today in wrestling because people don't really pay attention to that. But it's like, um, like, like I said, if Bailey does lose the title at Fastlane, which I, I think it's gonna, we we know it's gonna happen, but that doesn't benefit Bailey at all. And you know, it's funny. Remember the the rumored match right now for the women's style for the Raw side of things is the Fatal Four between Nia Jax, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. I honestly think that Bailey will be facing a handicap match with Sasha, Nia Jax, and Charlotte in that fatal four-way with all three of them being the heels. And I think Bailey will be the only baby face in that match. Hmm. You know what I would love, though? What? I would love a singles match between the women at yes. WrestleMania. It's been such a long time since yes. we've had that. And I mean, last year, damn good match. Beth yeah, won on the show, but... actually, the triple threat match. But it's just something uh, about a singles match that, you know, it, it's classic. And I want to see yeah. WWE have enough confidence in the women to just let them run in a feud where it's like, not you know, anything special. Yeah. You know, it's just two competitors going head to head. And I think that we are, we're getting close to that. Maybe we'll get it on SmackDown. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we get it in NXT. I don't know why you can't really, uh, like, well, on the TakeOver show is granted, but still. And honestly, you know, it's weird. It's the fact that they could do one-on-one, but the problem is they've already done the one-on-one matches that they wanted well, to do. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let's um, talk about this Emelina thing. Did we have to? This just a tad bit, because... <laughs> This pissed me off to the highest level of pissivity. Uh I want my royalties off of that, just so you know. Jay, we watch NXT. We saw mm-hmm. Emma reinvent herself. Evil Emma, yeah. She's evil Emma, and she was awesome. Fantastic. Had a, had, a, had a fantastic match with Asuka at NXT TakeOver London, which mm-hmm. is the only good match on that damn show, unfortunately. But... <laughs> You take away now, granted she was hurt, but you take away the great aspect of Emma. You have her try to do a give it, which she clearly does not want to do. And then the reports come out later that the officials didn't feel as if she was as committed to it, so they pulled that. Then how in the world did you not wonder or think that this wasn't going to work anyway? 
Yeah, if it what was so wrong with the evil Emma to the point where they felt that they needed to change it anyway? That's the part that because I don't get. Because uh, they want her to be a throwback to like Sunny and Sable, Look, and I'm like, what gimmicks? Out of all of the women that you have in WWE, why in the hell yeah. would Emma be the person that you? fill that slot with. Have you seen her she, Instagram, folks? No. You need to, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll check that out, but yeah, I don't understand why Emma would be the per- If I'm being completely honest, Emma would be near the bottom of the friggin' list. Maybe not, maybe somewhere in the middle. But mm-hmm. point is, if you wanted to go with the character like that, there are many other choices that you can go with oh, other yeah. than Emma. For example... Hell, Lana, maybe. There you go. Eva Marie. You know, what is she doing? I'm I'm sure they have some ladies down in NXT that could uh, do that. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Get one of them to do it and, 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 what, and stop whatever the hell it is that they're doing now. And you know what's funny is the fact that they want her to be a throwback to Sable and Sonny, but keep in mind, neither one of those women could wrestle. Emma can actually wrestle. Yes. Very good. Play to her strengths. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to say it. Just my ten. Hey, hold on. Um, Isaiah Ross again. He's asking the chat. Do you guys think the WWE is out looking for divas again? Again, I'm not going to pronounce that word again. That word does not exist in the WWE vocabulary anymore. Mm-hmm. It is obsolete. But to answer your question, they might be. Yeah, and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm fine with that. You want to add some variety? Go ahead, do it. How about that? How about, forget, screw variety. How about actually adding some depth to both shows? That That's an option, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I know, I know there's something else that happened uh, this week. Baron Corbin looking like a beast. Oh, Smackdown. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And of Beating course, the hell like, out of Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and obviously, like, that, that tech person mistimed the deep six. <laughs> it hit the pyro way too <laughs> yeah, early. Yeah, the fireworks went off too early. Yeah, and um, but yeah, right now the current plan is for um, Baron Corbin to face Dean Ambrose for the IC Championship at Mania and have Baron Corbin win the championship. I guarantee you that match is probably going to end up on the pre-show because WWE has way too many championship See, matches. I hope not, because this but, seems like because you all should know at this point. You know, if you don't know, Baron Corbin, that's my homeboy. I love the way. That he's been working this character. I love what the creative team has provided him with. He needs to stop repeating his promos. And he's on a good road right now. I look at this as one of those guys because you get some guys in WWE Mm -hmm. who get caught up in mid-card purgatory. For many (laughs) years, Kofi Kingston was the guy and Dolph Ziggler was that guy. Those were the two guys that I would love to pick on when it comes to the mid-card purgatory because it's like they're just stuck in that. Good matches, though. They, well, and I, 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 I don't care, but they, they get stuck in that spot in WWE where it's like they just, and absolutely nothing is going on for them. You can tell that when you look at the way that WWE books mm-hmm. them, they don't see a world champion there. They're like, okay, well, we could just throw these people out here. We don't have to protect them in any way because we don't have plans for these guys winning world championships or anything like that. Baron Corbin looks like a person that they are protecting, and they're starting to give him meaningful moments to where when he finally does make it up to the main event scene, it won't be a situation where you're like, why the hell is this guy here? What is he doing in this spot? He's going on a natural progression, and it's – it's it's looking nice. I'm telling you, sleep on Baron Corbin. That guy is going to be a beast. He is. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if he wins the IC Championship at Mania, that'll automatically solidify him. And what I like is the fact that they're not putting him in the main. Like he's had main event championship matches, but he hasn't like 
been pushed to the top mm-hmm. yet. Like they're organically like having him go through the process of like, okay, you'll be in the mid card first. Then we'll see how you do there. Then you'll leap to the main event when we think you're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah We're getting that's closer the, and closer. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the few things on SmackDown that they're that they're doing uh, pretty well. And we had a new uh, SmackDown Women's Champion. And yes, Naomi. my homegirl, Naomi. I can't wait to see that glow-in-the-dark, uh, the, those side plates on that championship. It's going to be nice. That, she, Watch her lose the championship next week. No, she can't do that. She needs to be the champion at WrestleMania. She needs to be the champion at WrestleMania. She could lose it after. I, I'm not going to necessarily. I don't. I'm not going to necessarily say I don't well, care. But I need to see the entrance with the championship at WrestleMania. I thought we already talked about this. That yeah, that, we that did. Got to happen. Even though me personally, while I'm fine seeing Naomi as the champion, I don't think you should have took the belt off Alexa Bliss because she had. Way too much momentum behind her, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine. I'm doing. I'm fine to do. But here's the thing, Jay. We still have like what six weeks till Mania. There's a mm-hmm. lot of story that they gotta fill in in yes. between the gaps, especially for SmackDown because they already had their pay per view. They're done. They don't have yeah. another pay per view till May. And then the thing is, it it's still unclear. Yeah. What the hell is gonna? We don't even know truly what the championship match is going to be for the, for the WWE let's title. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Because, like I said, there's just so much unknown. And we talked about this uh, last week, I think. Like, like, we're fine with not being, like, the unknown. But like, the not, closer uh, you get to WrestleMania, the, yeah. the, the less I'm okay with the unknown. Yeah, because it's like there's still a lot of stuff that's unsure in such a little amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, like you just mentioned, we don't know what the world title match is going to be. We don't technically know what the WWE Championship match is going to be. And keep in mind, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt are going to be battling for the A Championship. Because, let's be real here, it's still the WWE's title mm-hmm. that is on, even though it's on the B Show. Not to mention, you don't know what they're going to do with the SmackDown Tag Team titles, the Raw Tag Team titles, the Cruiserweight Championship. The um, we don't know it. All we know is Brock Lesnar versus uh, uh, Goldberg, and then and again, we don't even know if that is going to be for a title or not. I get this, I guarantee you, the SD, the IC. I mean, here's a, I'm gonna like WWE has way too many damn titles, and like, real quick, I'm just gonna say this I think the women's championship from SmackDown will be on the pre show, the IC title will be on the pre show, the Raw and the SmackDown tag team titles will be on the pre show. Lord have mercy. That that ain't a pre-show. That's a that, that's a show itself. Well, Man. Jay, here's the thing. The problem is WWE has way too many titles. Here's the thing. When I mentioned to you the uh, the mat the set WrestleMania, well, the rumored card from a couple of weeks ago, they already had ten matches made, and I did not see either the Raw tag team titles, the SmackDown. I cannot say it. Like I got like I ain't doing it again. But either way, I didn't see any of the brands perspective divisions not a lot were on that card so i have a feeling a lot of that is going to be moved to the pre-show and slick and slick flair as a what's left for the main card i actually have no idea <laughs> goldberg and brock lesson they're going to make up for that match that they had at survivor series that was only like 90 seconds this one is going to be uh but the you know this this is going to be much longer they're going to give them like two hours SmackDown tag team titles will be on the pre-show. American Alpha lost steam. Yeah, I could see that very well happening. Speaking of WrestleMania, though, in the card, I got to say, um, and of course, I'm going to give whatever happens a chance. Mm-hmm. If it is going to be Dean Ambrose versus uh, Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental Championship, I'm okay with that. Whatever happens with the WWE Championship, w- w- we'll see. Yeah. But I have a bit of an issue with it looking like The Miz is not going to be involved with the Intercontinental Championship and AJ Styles is not going to be involved with the world title. Oh, but we got WWE to drastically just alter course, mm-hmm. snatch the title away from AJ, snatch the title away from The Miz, and not to downplay and who Gina. AJ Styles is. Not to downplay who he is, but it's 
as far as I'm concerned, the Miz is the fucking Intercontinental Championship. How could you do everything with the Miz that you have done over this last year with him in that title and him not hold it or at the very least be competing for the title on the biggest show? I don't I don't get Why'd it. Why'd you take it off of him to begin with? Apparently, since they obviously dropped the whole Dean Ambrose miss thing for some... Like, yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. they dropped that. I don't know why they did that. Because it's, it's one of those weird things where it's like, okay, well, it, maybe it's because they're thinking to themselves, we want Baron Corbin to have this championship, so we got to do some, some trickery. We got to engage in some stuff. But that here. was one of so the... Let, let's take it off the Miz put it on a baby face and then that baby face is going to go up against uh Baron Corbin but i mm. but what you but what they did was they they took what could have been one of smackdown's most compelling stories well the second most compelling story for that show and then they dropped it after a month and mm-hmm. let me and here's the thing they didn't even get no progression out of yeah. that cuz so like, was it me and Tony i think we were talking about uh you know all of the good things that the Miz yeah. could do for Dean Ambrose and man, they just like yeah, and it's like you got Miz, which I honestly don't think this is the best way to use Miz and Cena for that matter. John Cena and Nikki Bella taking on Miz and Maurice, all four people, I really like. Yeah, that match, I don't. Uh-uh. Because here's the thing: like a lot of people were joking, like the reason why they were going to do it is because. John Cena's going to propose to Nikki Bella, and also because this might be <laughs> Nikki Bella's last match. Well, yeah. supposedly, because I know we know that she's going to be taking some time off after uh, WrestleMania. John Cena is too. So, um, but what does this do long term? Oh, wait a minute. We could possibly get a proposal. I didn't think about that. I'm I'm down for it now. I'm sold. Slick Flair, Slick Flair says he thinks that Cena and Nikki has to put Miz and Maurice over. Uh, no. Good luck with that happening. No, Cena and Nikki win. Then the Miz and Maurice, they go to the back. Cena proposes to Nikki in the middle of the ring. She says, yes, we have a very wonderful moment that's going to be displayed yeah, all around the world. And you said what, what it does long term. They get married. They have kids. And they live a okay. very wonderful life with each other. That I just don't think it's fair for the fans. To I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But this is the Miz and Cena we're talking here. And honestly, when you think about it, that match right there becomes ultimately more about the women than it is the men. But I just don't see a bigger payoff with that. And also, AJ Styles facing shame at man. And apparently they've been planting the seeds. That's disgusting. That is fucking disgusting. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not sorry. I don't apologize for that in any way, shape, or form, that is absolutely horrid. You really mean to tell me this AJ Styles has come to WWE within this last year. He's had so many amazing moments in WWE, so many great matches. The match that he had with John Cena at the Royal Rumble will go down in history as Mm -hmm. one of the greatest matches that I personally have ever seen. AJ Styles has done such a wonderful job with the championship, the WWE championship, the premier title out of the entire history of professional wrestling, and you have him in a match with Shane McMahon? No. I what does that no. do? Go ahead. No. That that that's what I got. No. I What I does that do long term is what I don't like what does that do long term for the character of AJ Styles? Like you beat up your boss, so what? Stone Cold, here's the thing, the difference what Stone Cold did to Mr. McMahon is the fact that it helped progress Stone Cold's character in that view with Mr. McMahon. Like, what does this elevate somebody like an AJ Styles? And here's the thing, I think the reason why they want to do that match is because they know hardcore fans are going to jizz all over that. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be a spot fest. Mm-hmm. But again, what the hell does that do long term? Yeah, and, and and this ties into the reason when you were talking about how Ziggler and Kofi had good matches. I'm like, and I need something more than the possibility of a good match. Wrestling is also about storytelling and characters, and I think that you're doing a disservice to the character of AJ Styles to have him in the ring with Shane McMahon. Of course, you're going to get some good spots, but 
I don't know. For me, wrestling means a whole hell of a lot more than that. And I just, I, I'm so against this match that I don't even see how this was an option for anyone. I don't see how anyone's thought process could get them to could get them to the point where they suggest AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. I'm sitting here like. What when I first heard that? I, nah, this has got to be some weird BS. Like I, I refuse to believe this, but I've heard it more and more since then, and I simply do not get it. I don't. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I, again, I don't get it either. I don't get it either. You know who would actually benefit for facing Shane? Because here's the thing: if they want to do a match with Shane, they need to do it against probably the biggest dick on SmackDown. Or somebody who is trying to be a heel, and honestly, you know who would benefit from that? And I heard this from a Paul, I heard this from Jeff Hawkins from a Fightful podcast. He said Dolph Ziggler, and honestly, that would really help Ziggler because Babyface is a clear-cut Babyface. He's probably the nicest dude on that roster. You're trying to turn Ziggler heel. What better way to make Ziggler the biggest douchebag as a heel than to beat up the top Babyface in the Commissioner of SmackDown? And have him get some heat that way. And here's the thing. What that could do for Ziggler long term is the fact that he'll have massive heat on him already. With AJ Styles, it's clear that they need to turn him babyface very soon because the crowd does not want to boo him anymore. Or let me scratch that. They never wanted to boo him, period. But now they (laughs) definitely don't want to boo him. Yeah, but if, if, if you turn AJ Styles face, then I want to boo him, so... Why? Because AJ, do you remember that feud with him and Chris Jericho, where he was? Oh a, yeah, never a, mind. A, a friggin' dunce. He was a friggin' just a. Oh yeah, I'm not, never mind. I'm not even gonna go there, but you know. It's been Jeff. We're gonna be dunce. there, so either way, we're gonna have a good time. All we want. Oh yeah, I to, I told you I don't give a shit what they have at WrestleMania. My, I'm gonna have fun. I, whatever they put on the card, I will have a blast. I will not let WWE dictate whether I have fun or not. Because, I mean, we still got the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, so that's happening. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, real quick. Slick Flair said AJ needs to stay healed. They should turn Wyatt face. I could see that happening, to be honest with you. But then it's like if you turn Wyatt face, then who's the top heel on SmackDown? I mean the one that actually is up in the main event scene. Pull the trigger. There you go. Yeah. Because I, I need to see a match between those two. I need to see a feud between, between. Bray Wyatt and Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. Based off of that little interaction that I got in the Elimination Chamber, however WWE, however you want to make it happen, just make it happen. But uh, yeah. anything more to say before we head off air? And uh, I'm pretty much done on done on my end. Still six weeks six weeks away from Mania, and you and I have a lot of planning still to go through. Mm-hmm. Also, Dalton, wherever he may be. Hmm. I mean, he has less planning than us because he lives in Florida. But um, lucky bastard. <laughs> I have to fly for seven friggin' hours overnight. What, what did we talk? What did we say? What did I tell you the other day? Tell me the other day. That it don't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Seven hours on a flight? Yeah, you, the the people, this dude was trying to decide whether he was going to sleep on the plane or not. That's, that, if I'm getting on a plane at six o'clock in the evening and I'm not arriving until five o'clock the next morning, my sleeping or and, and if you're wondering like six to five, what where's your math? Seven hours. It's because uh, Arizona is going to be three hours from. Uh, it, it's like three hours behind mm-hmm. Florida. But yes, if I'm arriving, if I'm leaving at six and I'm arriving at five in the damn morning, my sleeping arrangements. That is a very important detail of this trip. That's very important. Because it's either I'm going to have to sleep on the plane or I'm going to be tired as hell and we're not going to do anything at all on Friday. And I don't want to waste the whole day. 
So I guess I got to sleep on the plane. It ain't going to be that bad. I know how much you like your scrap, your extravagant mess, but mm. it ain't going to be that bad. Yeah, and that's a whole nother thing right there. Mm. Which is why we got to talk to Dalton. We got to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But um, thank you guys for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Once again, I'll remind you all, at some point, within the very near future, we are going to be mm-hmm. moving exclusively to why well, say exclusively and we're going to be in a million freaking places the point is we're not going to be on youtube the full podcast will not be on youtube so make sure you subscribe to a pwf empire on itunes stitcher if you want to listen on blog talk radio you're more than welcome to do so and whatever wherever you listen um go ahead and rate the show i would like five stars but you know you could rate it whatever you feel like it deserves uh, and speaking of rating, go ahead and give this video a thumb, whether it be thumbs up, thumbs down, again, whatever you think it deserves. And that's it for me and Cass. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Later days.